0: This is episode number 20 with the great Jim Harshaw. Welcome to the Hustle to Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Luke Syslbath, and each week I'll be bringing special guests who will inspire and give us step-by-step action tips on how to hustle our way to greatness. My mission here is to help you to call the shots in your own life and to live your life on your own terms. Follow me on this journey to greatness while picking the minds of these brilliant entrepreneurs. Let's get you from being good to great. Got a special treat for you guys today. Another high-level athlete, former Division I wrestler and Division I coach, Jim Harshaw. Uh, he is a very, very inspirational person. And, uh, you know, we, we get into uh, uh, some conversations about mindset and uh, wrestling and, and the wrestler's mindset and, and that, the mental toughness of, uh, that you develop uh, in wrestling or martial arts. And uh, I, just, I just love this conversation. So uh, we'll get right into it. Here we go, guys Jim Harshaw. Welcome back, Hustle Nation. I got a very special guest uh, for you guys once again, and uh, he goes by the name of Jim Harshaw. He's a former Division I wrestler, a former Division One head coach in wrestling, as well as an entrepreneur, and, and which is another thing that's really cool. He was a keynote speaker at a TED Talk. Uh, welcome, Jim, to the show. How are you doing? Thanks,
1: Luke. Good. I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome! It's uh, it's great having you on the show. Uh, so let's let's just dive right into it because I was I was just watching your TED talk and man, you 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 dropped a lot of gems on uh, on the failing forward and how you how you teach your kids to fail forward. So I just want to get right into the meat of things. Um, I mean, introduce yourself and th- let's get into you know your, the background of uh, your Division One wrestling career.
1: Yeah, you know the the, the TED talk came about. It was just a message that I really wanted to share. And it was, you know, the 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 title of it was Why I Teach My Children to Fail. And basically what I did is I recounted my career as a division one wrestler at the University of Virginia and my quest to become a, a Division One All American. And it's actually statistically, it's actually harder for a high school wrestler to become a division one all American than it is for a high school football player to make it to the pros. So it's hard. It's a really hard thing to do. And most of my career consisted of failure, you know, a failure to achieve my goal. But through those failures it ultimately led to success and it to, to me it basically revealed almost this blueprint for success because you know, after I after I wrestled, after I finished my career and it was it was by all, you know, it was a successful career. I ended up training, training at the Olympic Training Center, and won three conference championships. And I'd competed overseas, and and uh, but but in, in sports, you're supposed to learn these life lessons. They talk, you know, you always talk about these life lessons, these great things you learn from sports, and and that's the case. But you have to consciously learn them. If you either your coach has to point them out to you, you have to consciously learn them. And I had a little bit of that, but going through my life. I kind of you know I I got to the point where you know it's been 16 years now since I last competed in a wrestling match, and I look back at my life at my my professional career and everything else that I've done, and I, I try to figure out what what were the what were the 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 commonalities when I was successful versus when I, when I was unsuccessful and, and I go back and I can, I can, I saw this sort of pattern, these, this blueprint and it was basically these four steps is, and the first step is, you know, I, I I always knew why I wanted to be a successful wrestler. And my why was because I grew up around successful wrestlers and Olympians and national champions and all Americans. And these, they were, they were disciplined people. They were, they were, highly respected people there were people who after they were done with the sport they went on to do amazing things there's no group of people there's no group of people that are more successful at becoming army rangers or navy seals than wrestlers mm-hmm. so i wanted to be like these people right so that was my why well that wasn't enough because i had my why for a lot of years but i was still getting close but failing and then and then i then i realized i sort of made another leap whenever i got to this sort of second piece of the blueprint which is documenting your goals so I started writing down my goals and and i noticed back in my career that I'd made another leap after I started writing down my goals and then and then after that i still didn't get the whole way there but you know and then I, and I the next sort of level was was creating what i call this environment of excellence which is controlling the the content that you put into your head whether it's listening to podcasts or reading books or the people that you hang out with the words that you say to yourself etc and then the last piece was just following through, executing on a daily basis, you know, working whenever you don't want to work and doing the things that you don't want to do, but you know why you're doing them. It comes back to the why. So when I got those four pieces of the blueprint in place, I realized that I was <clears throat> I could become successful. I was successful at a wrestler, as a wrestler when I had those, I was successful and became the the youngest division one head coach in the country at the time. Um, I've cool. been successful in business and, and, and a lot of other areas of my life when I had these four pieces in place. But but by and large, my career was was a failure in, until you know until the success comes, and that's with most successful people. You know, you see that with, with a lot of people who come on your show. You know, there's there's a lot of failure, failure and struggle and adversity and obstacles and setback that we don't see. We just see sort of the end result. We you know you don't hear about those people until they become successful, and then when they're successful, you don't. Think that they went through those dark days, but they did.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I was—I was, I was going to say, uh, nobody sees the grind, right? Everybody sees the success but they don't see what it takes to get there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of, you know, that's why I like bringing athletes onto the show because they, they got a lot to contribute. And there's a lot of things that in in their athletic careers that, that they can apply into life and in business. And I find that wrestlers as well is a, is a very, a very tough sport. Uh, you know, I got a, I, I train in, in, you know, some uh, in Muay Thai and, and I know a few MMA fighters. And it wrestling is a key component to it. But when they train wrestling, let's say um, some of the Muay Thai guys or or um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys go in to do wrestling, they say wrestling is probably one of the toughest sports out there, uh, and 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 I see you know the grind that that you have to go through to do that, uh, you know can can definitely develop this certain mental toughness uh, that you need in in fighting, and that can translate into life. Well, I mean, I don't know. Let me ask you that question actually: wrestling and life,
1: which what's easier? <laughs> there's a sort of legendary wrestler guy by the name of dan gable he was a a multiple time national champion for iowa state and then he went on to coach become the head coach at university of iowa and they won i should know this number but i can't remember how many national championships but in a a ridiculous number of ncaa titles then he's right up there with with you know, when, when you talk about the best coaches of any sport of all time, mm-hmm. Dan Gable is, 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 you know, when you look at a top 10 list, he's, he's always on there. He's probably in the top five with the John Woodens and the Bear Bryants. What Dan Gable said, he, he wanted to be an Olympic world champion and then Olympic champion and then an amazing head coach. But he said, he said, once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and by and large, it's it, it's a very true statement because and listen, there's there's a lot of tough things out there, really, but you know, uh, wrestling is is maybe a little, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm biased, of course, but it, it's it's a very it's a very tough thing. It's it's mano a mano. It's one on one. It's a it's hand to hand combat with rules, and and it's just a grind. And, and like you said, you have a lot of friends who are, are in MMA, and I've got quite a few as well who who um you know s- several of them have, have fought or are fighting in the UFC and and a lot of them I've I've had several of them tell me not just one not just two but several mm-hmm. tell me that that uh being a college wrestler college wrestling is harder than MMA. And, and I maybe believe that more so in the training because the training you go through in college wrestling is just ridiculous. I think we overtrain. I think that that's a whole different story, but, <laughs> but I think the fights are maybe certainly more brutal and more, 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 more painful. But uh, I, I do believe that the training in college wrestling is harder. So it's, it's a very difficult thing. And, and there's a saying that I heard once it says, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that you get tough by doing tough things. You know, you get mm-hmm. tough by doing tough things. So you you don't you don't get tough by by doing things that are simple that are easy. You know you grow when you're outside of your comfort zone and when you when you do difficult, challenging, hard things, you become tougher and stronger as a person. Now, now adversity can bring that to you, but adversity can also push or pull you down. So it's kind of how your how you know the the mindset that you that you use to that, that you deal with that when you when you're you know facing obstacles and setbacks and adversity. Hmm.
0: Now, I know. I know. In, in wrestling and in any other sport, right? When when, when adversity uh, hits, you get you know that little voice in your head telling you you know you got to stop. You got to stop. Uh, I was reading something about a Navy Seal uh, in an interview. I think it was with Tim Ferriss uh, or, or somebody like that, and he mentioned that when that when that little voice creeps into your head, you're only forty percent done. So you still have sixty percent capabilities to to keep moving forward uh yeah. so uh, what what did you do because I know wrestling you know it is a grind I've seen you guys train i've i've never i've did a couple classes Man, it's it's exhausting um when you know it's wrestling at such a high level a former you know D- division one and it, you must have had that voice
1: creep into your mind several times, oh yeah. All the time. I mean, there's there's times where it's a seven minute match, which which doesn't sound like very long, but you have some experience with it. You know, after just a, a couple of minutes, it's it's absolutely exhausting. And I'm in. I'm, I'm almost forty years old now, and I'm in pretty good shape. I work out on a regular basis, but if I'm gonna step in toe to toe and wrestle right now with a, a trained college Division One wrestler, I would be exhausted after probably 90 seconds i would be exhausted <laughs> maybe 2 minutes i would be thoroughly exhausted and i'm an in shape experienced wrestler it's it is a very very exhausting thing and so sometimes you're in the first period and you feel like you just have acid flowing through your veins and you're like my goodness i'm not even halfway through this thing yet you know and you're looking over at the other guy and he you know he's tired but you don't know how tired so how do you deal with that self doubt that little voice that creeps into your head is uh, there's a, there's a couple things. It's so in the moment, in the moment when, when, when the pain is happening, when the, when the doubt, when, when you just got scored on and you're down by two points and there's 30 seconds left and you've got to find a way to win. Every, your, every piece of your body is screaming at you just to lay down and stop because you're completely exhausted. How do you, how do you keep going? Well, from what I learned to do was control that voice in my head. And and we all have that voice. And I heard I heard a quote uh, a while back that says, if your mind is a supercomputer, then your self-talk is the program that's running it. So if your mind is a supercomputer, mm-hmm. your self-talk is the program that's running it. So you have to physically control that that self-talk, that subconscious self-talk. Because if you don't, it, it's going on in, in your mind, in my mind, in the listener's mind. It's all. It's 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 talking to us right now. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what we're doing, it's speaking to us. It's saying something to us right now. And when you're in a a high stress situation, it's 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 speaking a little bit loud and It's controlling you. So yeah. You've got to force yourself to say the right things. And so I would. I would just. I w- I had things that I would say to myself. I'm strong. I'm positive. I'm confident. It was one of them. I'm strong. I'm positive. I'm confident. I'm strong. I'm positive. I'm confident. And I would just say those words and. And I didn't feel strong or positive or confident at the moment, but, but when you say those things, it, it moves the needle. 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%, just a little bit back that direction, right? Mm-hmm. So controlling that self-talk is one of them. Uh, there, there's a lot of research on, on your, um, how you care yourself physically and how that affects your performance and, and your emotion, because what we're really talking about here is emotion. You know, right. how do we control the emotion? Because we, you know, the the little voice of self doubt is just controlling our emotion and turning turning the the positivity knob down. Well, you want to be able to turn it back up, but you can do that by, you know, if you're walking down the hall slouched versus like standing upright with with good posture, uh, putting a smile on your face, you feel more positive. There, there's research that proves that that stuff works. Well, when I was wrestling. You know, if we go out of bounds, for example, you know, we everybody kind of walks back to the center before the referee blows the whistle for the restart. I would run back to the center. I would do Mm. everything to fake and and convince the not only the other wrestler but myself that I was that I felt good. And the more tired, the more fatigued I got, the more extreme I had to demonstrate that I felt awesome and great and amazing and full of energy and full positivity and confidence. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you just fake it part of it, you know, and you're, cause you're, you know, part of it, you're trying to break the other guy. You're trying to break him mentally. I mean, that's, that's really the biggest part of, of any money, money, mono one-on-one competition is you're trying to break the other person mentally and trying to, you know, whether it's a, a foot race or, or a wrestling match or a swimming race, you're trying to break the, that's part of it is breaking the other person. If you're running, you want to, pass somebody quickly, you know, if you pass them slowly, they can kind of keep up. But if you pass them quickly and you get some space in between you and them, that's a strategy that you use in running in cross country and distance running. Well, it's the same in wrestling as you try to create that space and, and make them believe that, that you feel better. So, uh, but really the biggest piece for me was the, the self-talk.
0: Hmm. I like how you talk about physiology because uh, I was listening to I forgot which one it was, but one of Tony Robbins' uh, audio tapes, and uh, one one of the instant ways to to increase confidence was to change your physiology. Like you were saying, uh, you know, stand up straight, put a smile on your face, and that's you know, that's that's. I mean, it it helps you, uh, you know, a portion of the time, but I mean, it 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 just your mind starts following it and you start feeling a certain way. And then, you know, you keep doing that and putting the self-talk into your head and, you know, as a result, you'll end up getting more confident and more confident as as you keep doing it, which I think is really cool how how you mentioned that running right to the, to the center of the stage so that, you know, you you can also not just intimidate the, you know, your opponent, but also to, to make you feel like, okay, look, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I I really like, I really like your, uh, uh, your story on that. now, uh, my next question is: uh, Do you meditate at all, or or visualize? Do you do you have some sort of um, some sort of process before uh, back back in your wrestling days, and what you do to prepare for things?
1: Absolutely, I did. I visualized quite a bit. So I started working with a sports psychologist later in my career, and that was sort of part of my environment of excellence. I was working with a sports psychologist who sort of helped me with that mental side, but also. Uh, I, I would visualize a lot. I mean, and when you're when you're an athlete, it's kind of easy because you know, like you know what your standing on the podium moment is, right? So it's easily easy to visualize that and that and the you know the battle. You know what that is. So I could I could lay in bed at night, and I did this a lot before I go to bed. I, I would close my eyes and I would visualize myself in a wrestling match. Um, sometimes it would be against uh, you know, different opponents or different environments and whatnot. Sometimes it would be a hostile environment. Sometimes it would be a friendly environment. Sometimes uh, I, I, would, I would visualize myself dominating through the entire match. Other times I would visualize myself uh, getting thrown to my back early in the first period and having to, to fight back from being down by you know, four or five points or more um, and just having to battle back. Sometimes I would visualize myself feeling just really bad or almost sick. And having to battle through that and other times you know I'd visualize myself feeling fantastic and just dominating the number one ranked guy in the country you know so I visualize all those different scenarios um, I would visualize it before I went to bed I would visualize it when I was I would do just crazy insane workouts uh, that would make most people throw up um, <laughs> on, on an airdyne bike or carrying a plate over my head running up and down uh, uh, stadium stairs you know at six o'clock in the morning and and I would while I was doing these things, they're all wrestling matches in my head. They're all just, I was putting myself through physical pain and, and in my head, I'm, I'm watching myself do positive things and score points and and get my hand raised while I'm going through pain. And um and that was all part of the visualization. Now it's a little bit different in for, for an entrepreneur and in life because it's harder to really crystallize that one battle that you have to go through in life to to get to where you want to to get to because it's not like you know maybe you know maybe you know it, it's not always just one phone call that you have to make or yeah. one business plan that you have to write or or one presentation that you have to nail but you do have to visualize those things that helps but over the long term you've got to you've got to visualize i think your your ideal day you know mm-hmm. what that looks like and that's sort of part of my program i have a a, a program Called Discover Your Path, where uh, I, I take people through these these four steps uh, to to sort of achieving their their ideal life, and, and, and one of those is you know figuring out what your ideal day is, and then taking that into your environment of excellence and and visualizing that. So for me personally, uh, once a week I I sit and I visualize my ideal day. I visualize you know the house I live in. Uh, I visualize, you know, waking my kids up for school in the morning, sitting down, eating breakfast with them, sending them off onto the bus, sitting down with my wife, having coffee, and, you know, going off to work and what I would do at work and coming home early and spending time doing homework with my kids and all those things, you know, I visualize that, you know, so you have to consciously visualize that, whether it's in athletics or in the real world.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Now, now, you mentioned the four steps. Uh, can, can you go uh, over the four steps? and?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sort of this blueprint that I, I kind of uh, alluded to a little bit earlier, which is this um, these these requirements that I've discovered that are they're necessary for success. So so step one is understanding why you know why you're doing what you're doing. Like I said before, it was is I knew why I wanted to be a good wrestler. So but why do you want to be? you know, a, a successful entrepreneur, you know, why do we, you know, most people want to make a lot of money, right? That's, that's like the the <laughs> biggest thing, you know, sort of everybody's career goal and whatnot. But it's like, well, well, why do you want to make a lot of money? What would it, you know, if your salary, do, you know, this is one of the questions in my program is if your salary doubled next year, what would that mean to you? And it doesn't just mean I've got more money in the bank. It means, from you know, I'll tell you for me personally what that means. It means I can spend more time with my kids. I can mm-hmm. because I can. I can you know I can do different things with my time. Um, it means I can I can have more special experiences for my kids. It means I can save for my uh, kids' uh, college. Fund more. I can save for retirement. I can be more secure in helping my parents if, you know, God forbid they need help uh, uh, down the road with their health and whatnot, and we can take care of them. It means, you know, I can take an amazing vacation with my wife, a dream vacation. It's those are the so, so when you, when you look at those, those, those tell you what's really important to you. Okay. So for me, it's, it's faith and family and, and fun and fitness. Those are sort of my core values. So when you identify those, now you go to the second step. And the second step is is documenting your goals. You know, think about, you know, when you go to the grocery store. If my wife sends me to the grocery store and says, Hey, Jim, you've got to get these six things. If she just tells me and I go to the grocery store, I'm inevitably coming home with five because I forget one, you know. But if she writes them down, or if I write them down. And I go to the grocery store. I Guess what? I'm not forgetting them. I'm not forgetting any of them. I'm coming home with six things. They're more concrete. They're in my, they, they're in my head. They're in my hand. I, I've got these real things that I've got to get. So you document your goals. And there's, there's, there's proof in, in studies and research that writing down and documenting your goals uh, is, increases your chance of success tremendously. And then after that is, that's the that's sort of step two. And then step three... Is creating this environment of excellence, like consciously creating your environment of excellence. And part of that is visualization. You know, you you heard a excuse me, Jim Carrey, the the you know, Hollywood actor, dumb and dumber. And well he he actually uh, you know, he he shared this on the Oprah Winfrey show once that before when he was broke and poor and a nobody. He would. He was out in Hollywood trying to, you know, make a break in the in into the acting world. Well, he would drive up on Mulholland Drive, overlooking Hollywood and L.A. And he would visualize himself. Mm -hmm. He would visualize himself, you know, talking to famous directors and producers and and being successful. And he actually went as far as writing a check for ten million dollars to himself. For acting services rendered, and he dated it three years from the date that he had wrote it, mm. and lo and behold, three years later, just before that check came due, he signs a contract for ten million dollars to do Dumb and Dumber. Huh, I mean, there's, there's a power in this creating this environment of excellence. You know, Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and 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 it's true. And I think it's even deeper than that. It's it's not only the five people you spend the most time with, but you're you're the sum of the content that you put into your head. You're Lovely. the sum of the content that you put into your head. So you got to choose. Am I gonna, am I gonna listen to, you know, news or or, or, or po- political talk radio on my drive to work, or ESPN radio, or I'm gonna listen to your podcast on my drive to work. You know, which one's going to be better for me? Obviously yours is. And you know, you got to choose these things you're putting into your head and, and choose your environment of consciously your environment of excellence. And then finally, it's the execution. It's the follow-through. I mean, really, I call it a four-step program. It's really three and a half steps. Because if you do step one, step two, step three, and then step four is the follow-through, that's, that's a half a step. Because the follow-through is easy. If you've done one, two, and three, I, I defy you. Defy you to not follow through, because you will. It's almost inevitable if you've done the first three steps. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great! Great, I love that. I love that, and 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 I'm glad
0: you added execution. Right? Uh, you know, you know, um, with the the movie, the secret, and the book, the secret that came out. Yeah. They, you know, they talked about you know visualizing and, and, and imagining that you have this uh, this thing that you want in your hand. But the one thing that they left out. Was the execution part, the applying part, which uh, you know, I, I I wholeheartedly believe everything that they talk about, but that that was just the first step, right? And and right. execution is is I think is is definitely key to success. And these four steps, you teach this to to former wrestlers, am I correct?
1: Yeah, former wrestlers and uh, and others. I mean, my, my niche is is just expanding. I've gotten started the the podcast Wrestling with Greatness, but um, I brought in brought on you know people. Who've never wrestled before onto the show, and uh, it's really resonated with my audience. And my audience is growing beyond just wrestlers, far beyond just wrestlers now. So, um, so yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's just kind of growing and, and expanding on its own. So, um, it's you know, I'm, I'm still the wrestler sort of hosting the show, but I'm bringing mm. on some pretty amazing people, uh, Joe Desanta, Spartan Pod, Spartan uh, Spartan Up Podcast, and some others. So it's uh, it's been a pretty fun fun experiment.
0: Which is pretty cool because um, when you know you initially you wanted to start off by uh, teaching former wrestlers on on how to translate what they learn in wrestling into uh, into their goals and and into you know maybe into entrepreneurship because I I think that's a great mission because you you know as you probably as you already know um, a lot of athletes uh, you know that they, they don't make that much money right. And a lot of them—that's all they know, because they—that's all they've been doing for since they were children. And as they grow older, all they know is the sport, and they don't know how to translate what they have into, you know, a viable business to to generate an income. Um, I was watching uh, that movie with uh, uh, the wrestling movie that just came out it was an Oscar nominee. Foxcatcher, Foxcatcher, yeah, yeah. You know the the opening scene where uh, he goes to speak at a public school and he gets paid twenty dollars. You know that that didn't really hit home to me, but I mean, yeah. uh, just just knowing a lot of athletes is just it, it's tough, like. Uh, it's just like wow! You go through, you, you do this all your life, you know, through the grind, but you have all these skills, like all this mental toughness and skills. But yeah. a lot of them don't know how to translate that into 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 monetary value, so they can have actually, you know, have a life and and uh, you know, uh, it's 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 tough. So that's why I think your your mission is great. Um, so that is that is your mission, right? If if absolutely, that's what
1: I took f- from your yeah, podcast. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and, and and you know, it's like you know, it's, it's not just, you know, wrestling is is the niche that I kind of know best and athletics as a whole, you know, and, and, but it's not just that, you know, like, for example, I have a son who, who, you know, he does some sports, but he also plays piano and, and he's, he's developing mental toughness from playing piano. As ridiculous Mm -hmm. as that sounds, if you want to be good at the piano, you've got to practice when you don't want to practice. You've got to do things that other people aren't willing to do if you want to be better than them, if you want to excel at anything, I don't care what it is. And, and you can go through this same four-step process of figuring out why you want to become good at piano and documenting your goals, <clears throat> creating your environment of excellence, and then following through. You can go through that same process, whether it's with piano or wrestling or entrepreneurship or parenthood or, or anything else that you want in your life, fitness, health, faith, love, whatever it is same mm-hmm. blueprint
0: yeah I, I totally agree i totally agree um but you know uh coming from a wrestling background which is a really really tough sport again i mean it's 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 very uh you you bring a lot of gems and i really appreciate you coming on the show jim uh now how can um, the hustle talk nation get in touch with
1: you or uh find you uh, you can, uh, go right to my website, which is jimharshaw.net. That's H-A-R-S-H-A-W jimharshaw.net. And, uh, you can download, it's the eight habits of highly successful former wrestlers, but it's relevant for anybody because these people I've interviewed were CEOs and astronauts and military leaders and, and professional athletes. And, um, so you can download that rate right, rate uh, right from the homepage, jimharshaw.net, or you can go to iTunes and uh, and just search for wrestling with greatness and the best two ways to to find me. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, it check out Wrestling the Greatness. I was just listening to
0: uh, to the episode to prep for this interview. Uh, you were speaking to a couple of your former buddies, or sorry, not former buddies, but your your buddies that were former Olympians. Uh, yeah. I'm only I'm only halfway through it and then and then we had to to start the interview, but so far, wow, just a lot of great stuff there. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. And uh,
1: again, thanks, Jim. Um, thank for you, on the I, show. I appreciate what you do with your show, Hustle Greatness. It's 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 on the top list of my podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Um, and I just appreciate you having me on. Awesome, thanks a lot, Jim. We'll keep
0: in touch. Thank You. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Jim Harshaw. Man, he, he dropped a lot of golden nuggets there. Uh, I love the gems that that he dropped. Uh, I definitely, definitely took a lot of good notes down. And obviously, I'm going to implement them. So if you guys want to get the breakdown of what we spoke about and what Jim was talking about, you can go to the show notes at hustletalk.com forward slash EP20. Again, it's hustletalk.com forward slash EP20. And I'll break it down uh, in the show notes for you as well as uh, drop all the links to get in touch with Jim. Also, get get on his podcast. Download that podcast. It's called Wrestling With Greatness. And, man, he's got Olympians on there, high-level athletes and you name it, like he's 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 got a lot of connections with it, with professional athletes, and I love how he gets into the minds of those guys. And you can learn a lot of that, a lot of the mindset that they have in trans, trans, transition. That uh, what you learn from them into business, uh, which is awesome. So go to hustletalk.com forward slash ep20. And until next time, keep hustling.